Welcome to Indie Fashion Creators. I'm your host, Ashante, independent designer of Christian Omishan. This podcast was created for the indie designers finding their way to success in a very competitive industry. My goal is to be able to provide resources to aspiring and thriving designers who seek guidance and advice to help run a successful independent brand. I hope that within this podcast, you can find the tools you need to keep you inspired on your fashion journey. All right, welcome back, Indies. This is episode two with Brianne Huntsman. To get you all familiar, Brianne is a queer fashion designer and blogger who is also a business consultant. She's helped an array of bloggers and influencers negotiate contract terms, as well as helping companies to find influencers for their campaigns. She takes a we can all win stance when negotiating by helping each party feel like they've left with a better deal. I have personally worked with Brianne to negotiate a contract for my brand and her customer service is stellar. So thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So I want to just talk a little bit about how you first got into the whole blogging and influencer world. Yeah. So as somebody who is working her butt off to go be a design assistant um, at like a luxury or couture house, I realized from talking with a lot of people in the fashion industry that I needed to have my own Instagram and like larger social media following. So I sat down and I was like, okay, well, how am I going to do that? And I realized that blogging would be one of the best ways to do that. Like people have an idea for who you are, they bond with you, they get to know you, and then eventually, hopefully one day, they turn into buyers. So in December of 2016, I did a birthday photo shoot to launch my blog, and then I went on my personal Facebook page and I announced to everybody that I was now a fashion blogger, so they should expect to see more OOTD images of me showing up in their timeline. Um, Yeah, and then I just took it from there and started learning from all sorts of folks. Mm-hmm. So was there anyone who helped you For along sure. the way? I think especially in the um, plus size blogging space, people offer information and tips really readily. Um, for me personally, Marie Denis of the Curvy Fashionista was a huge help and resource. Um, Marie is kind of like the oh, yes. Oprah of the plus size community, I would say. <laughs> um, like right, I'm ready right. for a talk show. I'm ready for books. Like, let's go, Marie. Um, and then besides Marie, um, Carissa of Fat Girl Flow was also really helpful um, in learning how to expand my reach outside of Instagram, particularly. And then finally, Suma Jane Dark, who is a boudoir and editorial photographer. She's also plus size. Um, she shared lots of information to me on how to find and work with photographers that I didn't really know or understand before. Um meeting her and networking with her and now we're really good friends so i'd say those three really helped me um i want to ask what prompted you to focus on so based on your experience with trying to build your own personal brand how has that helped you to start helping others to build their brand yeah so in the last few months i've actually transferred my skills um 
having worked with influencers and companies into doing either one-on-one coaching or group coaching. And I'm also working on an online course for influencers on negotiation. So I've been working in marketing for the last seven or eight years, online marketing, and I've built brand social media followings, all platforms, but especially Instagram, um, using varieties of methods. And I realized that I had all of this knowledge on how brands work, and there's a lot of crossover in information that bloggers and influencers could also benefit from. Um, So in October of last year, I started working with Carissa Enneking of Fackerel Flow as her business manager. And then in this last month, I launched a beta course for my online course, um, helping influencers figure out how to negotiate on their own behalf. What I found is honestly that influencers who have amassed followings might not have like the business skills or background to understand, you know, how to negotiate deals, how to talk about terms, fine print, things like that. So I was really able to come in and help influencers figure out how to measure their own ROI and then communicate that to brands to negotiate um, larger ad buys. What specifically do you do to connect the influencer with indie brands and bigger That's a really brands? Good question. So when it comes to connecting influencers with indie brands, a lot of the times influencers who want to work with indie brands are doing it for product trade only. So they're not expecting to actually get paid to post. But indie brands generally, you know, they want to get the biggest bang for their buck and they still have to pay for the product that they're gifting. So they want to work with influencers who have the largest following possible who will do a product trade. So a lot of what I do, honestly, is educating expectations for both the blogger and influencer and also the brand, whether they're indie or not, on the kind of return on investment the brand can expect to see based on the influencers following, and also doing a lot of education with indie designers on you really should be paying influencers, even if it's a small amount, to post the image. Because I can't tell you the number of indie brands that have told me that they have sent product off to influencers only to never have the influencer post it. And my tagline is, invoices first. An influencer will always prioritize shooting and posting content if it is attached to an invoice that they can send. Everybody wants to get paid, right? So what I do for influencers, Mm -hmm. honestly, is education on ad buying for other platforms and talking about based on their following how much they can reasonably charge. And then on the brand side, advocating for influencers and being really clear on why they should be paid at least something for their posts. Right. I do actually want to um, talk about that part a little bit more because I know from personal experience and, um, you know, I've grown over the years. And I I remember when I first started designing, I kind of came in with that same mindset that, you know, um, if I'm sending you free product, then you should be doing, you know, you should just hold up your end of the bargain. And now that I'm getting more experience with my brand and things are growing, I'm realizing that that just isn't the best mindset to have and so I'm constantly telling (laughs) new designers that it is not okay to just send free product if you want the bang for your buck you have to pay these people and you have to be it's an investment it's like marketing or advertising and it's like I hear a lot of um 
indie indie designers, you know, say things like, well, you know, if I sent them the product or whatever, you know, then um, I but I didn't get a return on my investment. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm just kind of like, but when you market or when you pay for advertising on Facebook, that doesn't mean that the estimated amount of people th- that they say are going to see <laughs> your work that they actually see. Yeah. Right. Is that not the same thing? And I think you hit the the nail right on the head. And so when I'm talking to indie brands, I say, okay, here's what you should do. Instead of creating product for, let's say, five influencers and sending out product for free, you're much better off to pick one or two influencers and pay them and send the product off. Because also what I've seen happen is influencers post an image in a clothing item, let's say like it's a dress. And then the designer is like, well, crap, I can't order any more of that fabric. Now I have all of these people who want to order the fabric, who want to order this dress, but I don't have access to that fabric. So this right. wasn't helpful for me. And so having money attached to it really makes influencers um, like hold up their end of the bargain and get content out quicker. Uh, so that's always like a fun conversation for designers. I think right. have, especially, <laughs> I know, I know, but I think we just got to continue to educate because again, I am learning this from experience as well. So I'm only, you know, I can only tell you guys, um, what I've learned through my process, but I know that, you know, you just can't come in with that mindset that, you know, my product is enough because it's not. And sometimes you do have to come out of pocket, but I do think it's important to do your research on, you know, the people that you want to work with and all that good stuff. So tell me like, how important is it to actually engage and interact with your social media audience? Oh my gosh, this is the hill that I will die on as a marketer. So what I see a lot of people, especially smaller brands doing is treating social media, honestly, like a bulletin board, you know, when like you're in college or you're flyering as like a part-time job and you go and you like stick a flyer somewhere and then you walk away. I see a lot of companies doing this with their social media where they'll go, they'll post Instagram, you know, post about whatever, write the caption and add a few hashtags and then they'll exit the app and never open it again until they want to post again. And it's just like, no, you can't do that. Social media is social. It is a conversation that you're having with your potential customers. And so, um, something that, uh, Claire duty and indie designer of copper union did is she posted sneak peek photos of her new lingerie line. And then people commented and she commented back, um, within the first hour is like a good rule of thumb. And then when the pieces were actually available to order, she actually went back into her Instagram and told people they were ready to order. And people did order <laughs> because when you're shopping for an indie designer, you're also, buying the product because you like the person who's making the clothing, right? It's mm-hmm. true brand. So you really have to be engaging and commenting back. And that also extends to not just commenting on your own stuff or if somebody posts in your clothes, but also going out and dedicating, whether it's like 30 minutes a week or 30 minutes a day, like whatever you have to do, but going out and finding 
people that fit your customer profile and engaging with them authentically on their content. I'm not telling people to go out and like get bots because that'll really screw you over for Instagram policies, but the return on investment is actually quite large if you approach those interactions with authenticity and like really being interested in what the other person is posting. So if you can offer any advice for those trying to build an audience for their brand, what would mm-hmm. it be? So if it was for an indie brand, the first thing that I would say is you need to be sharing behind the scenes BTS shots. And I know when I'm designing and creating, like it is not (laughs) a cute look. It's not like, here's me in my beautiful minimalist studio with my like fabric shears. It's like, it's a hurricane happening. So what I would really recommend to indie brand creators is either to find a friend or family member to, to do like a sort of, fake photo shoot of you in your workspace um, to then include those photos on your Instagram because then you are illustrating that you and your team are the ones making the clothes. So then it clicks something in the viewer's mind that, that, oh, I'm not getting this from China. This is why it's more expensive. It also adds to like, for people that are doing made to order custom stuff, it adds to the appeal of having something custom made. Um, Besides that, for somebody who's going to be building your brand is I would pick one social media platform to focus on. I think small business owners or people who are just starting their business can really get overwhelmed with, um, I have to post a Pinterest and what about Google reviews and oh my God, Facebook. And Oh, now I have to figure out Instagram and Instagram DMS. So, Everybody needs a Facebook page. You can't get around it. Like, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. But when it comes to investing your time on platforms, you're much better off to um, dedicate a majority of your time to one platform that you're already seeing some ROI from. And then when that platform is growing, then turning your attention to other platforms, if that makes sense. Yeah, I do agree with that. I know that um, BTS is definitely how I've uh, been able to build my brand. For sure. Uh, People love it. Uh, I get the most feedback when I'm posting me sewing, when I'm posting, you know, when I'm draping on a mannequin or what I just finished. People connect with that type of social like, oh, my gosh, it's so amazing. Yeah, I joke about it and I talk about it as the hands pictures. So if you're a fashion creative and you're actually creating stuff, to have your hands doing something and have everybody have somebody else like poke over your shoulder and honestly they'll probably put the camera like in front of your face <laughs> to get the shot of what your hands are doing. But those photos do incredibly well. And they're also easier to post. Like I don't have to put on a full face of makeup. I just need to have like clean hands right to take that exactly so let's talk a little bit about your courses what is like what specifically (laughs) does your course teach yeah so um in january i started offering small group workshops held on facebook chats where i would go on facebook live and do the lesson and engage with people in the group and really tailor the course for them. So now that I have those beta groups done, what I'm actually working on now is creating online courses 
that people can do on their own time. Um, the highly engaged group class concept is really great for some people and it horrifies others. So I have a couple of courses. The first is the course called Get the K. So get the Instagram 10K. Um, and I created that course because I see so many people just getting stuck and losing and then gaining like 20 followers and feeling like they're not getting anywhere. And that course is for folks who are blogging and also small brands. It's the same principles. And then I also have a course that I'm working on that I was working on before this call called The Art of Negotiation for Influencers. So helping influencers gain the business skills they need to work with brands and then also figure out how to gain information on how much product they actually move to better communicate pricing to brands. Um, and then the course that I'll be working on after that will be um, social media for small businesses. So if you or like you and one part-time employee are the sum total of what's happening in a business, figuring out what social media platforms to prioritize and then also figuring out how to, you know, engage authentically on social media when you have 9,000 9, other things you have to be doing. So what I've done is I've partnered with Carissa Enneking of Fackerel Flow because Carissa gets lots of questions about how to start blogging, um, how to do fashion blogging or whatever kind of blogging people are interested in. And then I get lots of questions from small business owners on how to do anything from social media to pitch investors, things like that. So what we've decided to do is join forces on So You Want to Blog, and we'll be offering like courses and resources there, um, which people can peruse based on where they're coming from. Because Carissa obviously has much um, larger reach than I do. Uh, she's been doing this for a while. And then I have the deep knowledge on what brands expect to see and like what works for businesses um, when it comes to online mm -hmm. marketing. And we also love working with each other. <laughs> so it's a, a right. good combination. So how do people find your course and how much does it cost? <laughs> <laughs> Always what people want to know. Right. Where is it and what? how painful is this going to be? So um, for all of my courses, I actually have what I jokingly call special snowflake pricing. So I offer sliding scale um, for my courses determined by the person that's buying it. And I wouldn't – and I always tell people to – buy at the topmost of what they can buy, not because I want their money, don't get me wrong, I do, but I have found when it comes to hiring my own co coaches or getting my own resources that I am much more likely to do the homework and do the work and implement things if I have paid a sum of money that makes it like a little painful because then you, know, you have that money hanging over your head and you're like, yeah, I'm going to use this. Um, so the pricing and the courses can be found on soyouwantablog.com. Um, I will be filming those first three courses this week. I have cleared my schedule to, and turned my home office into like a little like wannabe film studio. <laughs> okay. <And> then, <laughs> so 
you know, it's cute. It's fine. I have great lighting, so can't complain. And then, uh, yeah, so by the time hopefully this podcast goes live, this episode does, it'll all be there. And if you go to soyouwantablog.com and you're like, dang it. This podcast, like, the turnaround time was too fast. <laughs> the stuff isn't here yet. We also have an email list that you can subscribe to, and we don't spam people. I'm not going to send you an email every day. Like, maybe we'll send you an email every two weeks. Um, so you can subscribe for the email list to learn when the courses go live. So I know that you're still in the process of building your brand, but what kind yes. of obstacles have you endured during this process? Yeah, for sure. Um, when you sent that question to me pre-podcast, at first I was like, I have no problems. I'm a warrior woman. Like, I can do it all. And then I was like, that's really not helpful, Brie. So as I sat and reflected, I honestly realized that my number one issue or problem that I've run into is actually um, negative interactions that I've had with either brands or bloggers who turn this kind of part of the fashion industry into this very like mean girl feeling reaction that they've had. So like, uh, I've reached out to bloggers in different cities cause I travel a lot for work and been like, Hey, I'd love to like do a collaboration. Um, what do you think? And I'll share some ideas. And some folks have like led me on and then turned very like mean girl about it and been super like just mean. Mm -hmm. And I am a very strong personality, very extroverted. People aren't mean to me ever. So that was super weird. Um, and then on the brand side, just had like negative interactions with, um, creatives who like, for whatever reason, like maybe I'm not a fit, like aesthetically for what they're going for on their Instagram, but just like this lack of just, I don't know, kindness has been really weird. Mm -hmm. And, um, so when that happened the first time, I didn't reach out to anybody to collaborate for like a couple of months. Cause I was so just like, nobody wants to collaborate. I'm the victim. Da -da 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 -da. And then I realized that Think, line of thinking wasn't serving me at all. So now when I go into contacting bloggers or brands to do cool stuff together, I just leave room for people to gracefully say no, because I feel like sometimes people will lead on another person because they're just not good at communicating if they don't want to do something. Right. So I give people an out like right off the bat. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. That's very, I don't know. I think that's, that's very valid. I can tell you that. And I'm sure it's plenty of people who are going to listen to this and definitely be able to relate in their own way. Because I know, I, I, of course, when I started, I shared some of the same experiences. Absolutely. But I also like kind of realized going forward is that, you know, sometimes like, Every connection isn't a right now connection, you know, like some For things sure. that are right now um, or that you feel should be right now may happen further on down the line. It's just something I always keep in mind when I reach out to people now, like even though I want to I want it to happen and I want to work with the influencer or collaborate with somebody just might not be a right now thing. So in your opinion, as an influencer, what makes someone stand out? as a indie brand? Um, what I want to see from indie brands is efforts towards being inclusive. 
Um, I don't think that anybody, any brand out there has really nailed the, nailed it on the head to be 100% inclusive because then also when that happens, you can get into tokenizing. So what I mean is if an indie brand is not working with models of color, I have no interest in what they're doing. And the reason why is because I know that they can't use the excuse of larger brands of, well, we just work with the modeling agency and this is who we could hire. Like if you're an indie brand, I know you're not paying agency pricing. And so you are choosing not to work with those models. Um, Also with indie brands, I know that not everybody has had training on designing for plus size bodies um, pattern making or whatever, but I do want to see from brands, um, what they're doing to work on being more inclusive because I also see brands not at offering plus, And I'm like, yo, 67% of women in the United States are above a U.S. size 14, like a Lane Bryant 14. What are you doing? Why are you turning those dollars down? Uh, mm-hmm. So even if they don't offer plus right now, because, you know, a lot of folks can only afford to launch with a limited size range. I want to see copy or information somewhere on what the plan is to be more inclusive down the line. I really think inclusivity is what sets indie brands apart from the bigger kids on the block. And I think inclusivity, even if it isn't one of your personal values as a business value, it just makes money sense. Like you're going to get more press and more interest in what you're doing by being inclusive. So as a brand or designer, what do you think makes an influencer stand out? Yeah, that's a great question. When I look at an influencer that I want to do a sponsored campaign with, I always look at their engagement levels. Somebody who has 100,000 followers but only is only getting like 200 to 500 likes on a photo, not super interested in working with you because they're going to want to price their rate card for sponsorships because they have 100,000 followers. But what I care is the number of people that are engaging with you. So a good rule of thumb for what you want to see organically on somebody's Instagram is uh, 7 to 10% of their following should be doing something on their posts. So let's say somebody has 10,000 followers. I want to see at least 100 likes per photo, probably a couple hundred, and I want to see a minimum of 10 comments. Now, some photos... You know, influencers will post a photo and maybe the algorithm hates them that day. And so be sure to look at like the last four or five photos. Don't judge them just off of one. Um, But I really prioritize engagement for influencers Um, on campaigns I've run in the past. uh, Somebody with a 15,000 following sold more product three times over than somebody with 120,000 followers. And you can imagine who got paid more, right? The 120,000 person got paid more. Uh, So, and then I'll also say for indie brands when looking at influencers, it really needs to be a long-term partnership. You know, business research has shown us that a customer needs to have seven to 10 brand touch points before they'll actually buy. So if you only work with an influencer once, 
that'll be maybe two to three brand touch points, but it's not going to move anybody to sell. So I really encourage indie brands to buy sponsorships in bulk, so to speak, and ask for a discount. And instead of just doing like a one-off Instagram post one month, buying an Instagram post for three months and then measuring the effectiveness of that influencer because then Mm -hmm. their followers will have a better like long-term relationship with you as a brand rather than picking like 10 influencers to work with and doing like one piece of content each. I get wanting to spread your money around and I'm not saying to put all your eggs in one basket, but brands should be thinking long-term, like long-term relationships um, with bloggers and influencers. Are there any um, influencers or brands that you want to collaborate with? Yeah. So um, Jasmine, uh, I think, I forget her Instagram handle. I think it's Jasmine J. She's a BuzzFeed producer, and she's doing really interesting stuff as far as, um, like, the kind of content that she's creating, the kind of photos that she's creating. She just launched a beret line to um, capitalize on, like, fashion bloggers. Everybody's showing up in berets now, but berets off of, like, you know, whatever online retail you're getting really only fit up to a certain head size. Um, And I think she's also doing really cool stuff in, like, the multimedia space, so not just Instagram, but, like, other content she's creating. As far as um, indie brands or startup brands, I think every plus-size blogger is really obsessed with Prem um, right now because they're not necessarily worried about clothes that are um, flattering all the time. Sometimes they're just, like, fun and funky. And right. ah, gosh, as far as other brands, I'm just interested in brands run by people who aren't like cisgender gay men, <laughs> honestly, because I'm interested in the perspective <laughs> that those creatives have about their work. Like, that's how I found you is because I was like black owned plus size fashion <laughs> and you showed up in my Google results. Very yeah, specific. Because I was like, why am I only... Because at the time, you know, I the indie stuff that I was buying, honestly, it was all from white people because I'm white. And I was like, well, I'm not really practicing what I preach here. So I need to find other people out there. And I actually yes, found you hold yourself accountable. because Elise of Ready to Stare wrote a little yes, thing. My yep. And then I was like, oh, I love Elise. Elise only works with good people. And then that's how it all started. So, yes, at least and you didn't I even know that's how I found you until just now. <laughs> no, I didn't. So that's why I said such a small world led to this. <laughs> right. So tell us, Brianne, where can we find you on social yeah. media? Love this question. Love new followers. Lada. Um. So I am at the underscore Huntswoman on Twitter and Instagram. And um, my blog, like fashion blog, is thehuntswoman.com. And then business services and consulting is thehuntswomangroup.com. I struggle with what a lot of multi-passionate people struggle with, which is like what to put on what website. So if you're ever confused, just drop me a line wherever you find me, and I will direct you accordingly. (laughs) Okay, exactly. Listen, if you guys want to hit up Brienne, she's more than open, <laughs> but y'all better be prepared okay. because you got to pay. 
um, you know, to, to, to pick her brain and I don't blame her. Okay. We are in a new time. Um, okay. So all of Brienne's social media handles will be listed in the info section below. Make sure you guys are following us at Indie Fashion Creators on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, stay humble, stay hungry and stay blessed until next time.